0: Hey, everyone, and welcome into The Blake Show, Lakers betting podcast and the Believe Podcast Network, the show that covers all things Lakers with a blend of betting advice and analysis. Today, we have a special show as I welcome my good friend and an associate editor on the trending team at ESPN, Anthony Garib, also formerly USC, Lakers Nation. What's up, Anthony? How you doing? Welcome to the show.
1: How are you doing, Blake? Thanks for having me, man. This is great to be here.
0: Absolutely, man. Let's get to it. Let's talk some Lakers. So Sort of the topic that I want to focus on today is where the Lakers fit in, in the championship picture. And obviously this is something that is a little fluid because we're hearing a lot of rumblings that Damian Lillard may be getting traded here to the heat pretty soon. And that could shake things up a little bit, especially if Phoenix is involved. Like that's something that has a direct correlation, obviously on the Lakers. But as things sit right now on FanDuel, we have the Lakers at plus 1300 to win the championship. The teams ahead of them include the Heat, the Suns, the Bucks, the Nuggets, and the Celtics. So the first thing I want to ask you is, do you think that the Lakers are better than any of those teams that are above them right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the situations for all those teams, I think the most stable is Denver. I think they were able to kind of keep a lot of their core. They have the best player in the NBA, arguably the best duo. If you look at Boston, they got got rid of Marcus Smart. They have a new type of identity. They brought Porzingis in. Malcolm Brogdon doesn't seem happy because he was traded and then it didn't go through. So they're kind of in a weird spot. You look at Miami, you talked about it with Lillard. People are just kind of waiting and waiting to see what happens with them. They have like three roster spots open right now. So you kind of don't know what to predict with them. And it's the same thing with Milwaukee, new coaching staff. Same thing with Phoenix, new coaching staff. So it's kind of a, a little bit of a limbo, I think, if you look at the Lakers, they they emphasize Rob Palinka. He wanted to bring back the core, and he wanted to freshen up uh, the role players. That's exactly what he did. I think it's uh, they're in a pretty good spot. I think the Eastern Conference is pretty wide open, so I don't see any team uh, you know being substantially better, if at all, than the Lakers. Uh, I think they're in a good spot. I think they're definitely in that conversation. I think they would be better than Miami at this point because we really don't know what's going on with that team. Um, it's hard to, but it's really hard to tell, especially with Phoenix, the type of roster that they've put together. Um, I do think nuggets should rightfully be the favorites, but the Lakers definitely should be in the mix. Um, if not better than some of those teams that I would say uh, in that area, like you mentioned.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think that the interesting thing about the Lakers is that they're plus 1300 right now. So they're a little yeah. further down on that leaderboard. And the thing about that number, and I've been talking about this all summer, they were plus 1,500. They went up a little bit as some other moves have happened, inc- including the Christian Wood addition. Uh, my whole thing is is that this Laker team played at such a high clip and that little sample size that we saw at the end of last regular season into the playoffs. You have Rui Hachimura, who is, you know just continues to improve. We saw Austin Reeves. He's only going to continue to get better. Um, and then the the moves that they made on the margins, which we'll get into more here in in a second, but I, I can definitely see once a regular season starts, even Miami with Dame, the Suns with their new guys, the bucks with a new head coach, the nuggets, like you said, they did bring most of their team back, but their onus is definitely on the playoffs. We saw that last year, they down the stretch of the regular season didn't win as many games because they were focused on the playoffs. And then the Celtics, of course, without Smart, you add Porzingis. Porzingis has already had injury issues this summer, and he hasn't even started playing for the Celtics yet, so we don't know how that's going to look. And then the Brogdon part as well. I just think that the Lakers, out of this whole top tier in the NBA, are the most stable. They're bringing back all of the same guys, and then they essentially addressed like most of their big issues, a lot of which was shot creation, shot making, shooting, gave Vincent, Torian Prince, Christian Wood, these are all guys that are really going to help the team, especially probably, we don't know really what's going to happen with Wood yet for sure, but probably mostly in the second unit. And obviously, like the Nuggets, the Lakers focus is on a championship and being ready for the playoffs. But this team that that they had to play, and LeBron and AD will tell you, like they had to play championship level basketball for months, bro, just to even get into the dance, right? So you can't, I know that there isn't like, The regular season isn't the end all be all, but you can't tell me that this team is not going to try to win, you know, 47, 48, 49, 50 plus games so that they can get into that like top four in the West so that they have home court and they don't have to go on the road and beat Memphis on the road and beat Golden State on the road and play against Denver on the road. Like they want to have everybody rested. So it's like on the one hand, it's like, are they, you know, preparing for the playoffs the whole season for sure. But on the other hand, especially with LeBron a year older, especially with AD a year older. I think that there is an emphasis on the regular season. And I say all that to say that I, I can definitely see that plus 1300 number not being there two weeks into the season. If the Lakers just, you know, open the season like they did a couple years ago where, you know, they're in that like 15 and five range or or they're in that, you know, 16 and four, like I can see that happening and i know that their schedule is really tough to start the season but it is every year it's the lakers whether they're good or not they're on national tv a lot so i just definitely see i think a opportunity here for the lakers to you know potentially um move up that leaderboard and maybe you know that number isn't there this time not this time next month because the season will just be starting but maybe in 2 months right so i think that's really what what my thing is with that plus 1300, um, number now speaking on, so we're talking about here in this first part, just about all these teams that they're in contention with. But the second question I want to ask you is, do you think that this Laker team can win the whole thing? And do you think it's worth putting money on right now at that plus 1300 number?
1: I mean, I definitely think so. I mean, the Lakers are always a popular team. To, to put money on to win a championship even last year people entering the season they didn't have great odds people were still putting it um and it almost paid off it was very close um i think it's worth it really for the reasons that you mentioned i think lebron especially lebron and ad they they don't you know they haven't had that ability the last two seasons to kind of coast through the regular season it's like you said the last couple months they've had to really 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 play hard and it's it's been like the playoffs for them with the roster they built you don't really need to be able to do that throughout the season. I think they have a lot of continuity that they, they haven't had in the past two years. They have a core that's returning. I think Austin Reeves is is going to take a huge jump and kind of take the load off uh, specifically LeBron because he's going into year 21. At some point he's not going to be able to carry the load as, as much as he's done before. So I think it's a number that, you know, it's, it's tricky because like you said, if they come out to a bad start, those odds are going to go up <laughs> and they're going to be, you know, plus 1500 or something, but if they have a great start, then it's going to go down. But I think I would have said right now, it's definitely worth it because they're entering the season with its championship aspirations. Now, the last two years, it was the same thing, but it wasn't realistic, um, especially last year. So I think that's the difference. And with the way they've built the roster out, I think they're set to kind of not necessarily coast, but you know, they they won't be under as much pressure as previous seasons. I think so it's good to kind of take your bet right now um, and just deal with the, the fact that, Hey, you know, they're probably not going to be as bad as they've been in the regular season before um, because I think really it's only going to go down. It's only going to start going, you know, plus 800, whatever. And and I think it's, it's better to take it right now before the season it's fresh um, and then you can live with the results.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I want to focus on something you said there and you touched on LeBron right and him not you know even if he is able to in year 21 which he probably is like this guy just defies everything that we know about like yeah. professional sports like even like guys like tom brady and these other guys that played into their 40s and stuff man like their bodies don't look like lebron like lebron yeah takes care of his it's like it, he takes it so seriously and it's just incredible to watch so let's just assume that he is Maybe not, if he's not at the exact level he was last season, he's close to it, right? So he's still, you know, a superstar, still one of the best players in, in the game. The thing that the Lakers have on this roster that they haven't had is wing depth. Like last yeah, exactly. season. Yeah, like on the on my the last episode of the show that we did here uh, with our guests that we had, on, we were talking about how last season when Rob Palinka and the Lakers put out this narrative that like Patrick Beverly was like their three and D wing. That they were gonna like use to guard like you know the wings of the NBA and then make threes and stuff, and you're going from that to now you have Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt, Torian Prince. You can put Christian Wood in there if you want to at the four, because um, we know that he plays on the on the outside as kind of like a stretch big. So this team has, and then like like you said, Matt uh, Austin Reeves taking some of that playmaking duty and sort of stress off of LeBron. And that's not even something that's like, oh, we're sitting here talking about this on a podcast. That was in a Jovan Buha article this summer, like on The Athletic, that like they're going to try to put more of the playmaking duties through Austin Reeves. And then, of course, you have D'Lo, you have Gabe Vincent. We'll see how well he's able to play in training camp, what kind of role he's able to carve out for himself. But that's kind of where I want to go next is just the roster. Like they have more wing depth. Um, you have more playmaking at the point guard position that you, than you've had in the past, the bigs, I I think you're, you know, Christian Wood, Jackson Hayes, you need those guys to really step up in order to give AD kind of the help that he's going to need. But what are your thoughts on the Lakers roster heading into the season?
1: I mean, I think they answered every question that they needed to, in terms of, like you said, the wing depth and also adding some shooting. I think what they did at the trade deadline basically served as a blueprint, I know when those trades happened Rob Palenko basically said that hey this is kind of an audition to see can we keep these players like with this continuity this structure work um and it definitely did and I think they've really just built on all of that I like what they did um with Jackson Hayes and Christian Wood just kind of giving at least some protection to AD um and having him play you know more of the four if he wants to cuz he he like he played last year I think it was 99% at the five, which is his career high. 80 is the best when he's at the five, but I don't think he prefers to do it because of the toll it takes on his body. Now that's only in the regular season in the playoffs. I think he's fine with playing that position, but last year, I think the Lakers, they didn't have somebody that could really play that five. Wendy Gabriel was very undersized and you could see him get um kind of exposed in certain matchups to have bigs like Jackson Hayes, Christian Wood, for all their flaws, at least they'll have that size they can help out with. So I like what they did there. Torian Prince, I think, is, is a great, great get. Um, the Timberwolves kind of gave him up for nothing. They cleared his waivers, and then the Lakers picked him up uh, pretty easily. I think he's a real big threat. And bringing back Rui and, and Jared Vanderbilt, you're just kind of adding more pieces in depth. and depth. I, I don't think we've touched on Gabe Vincent yet. Uh, this guy is, is huge for their playmaking and kind of that guard position. So their roster really... I think this is the deepest it's been uh, in a couple of years. If you remember when they got Dennis Schroeder and and, and Mantras Harold a couple of years ago, obviously that didn't work out as well as expected. But it's kind of in that way, and I think it's it's not rocket science. The best way to maximize a LeBron James AD led team is just having three and D, having wings. Having another playmaker, we saw it when they won the, the championship in the bubble. So I think they're following that formula. It took them two years. They had to trade Westbrook and a bunch of other pieces uh, in the meantime. But I think the roster is, is one of the best. And the offseason for Rob Palenka, I don't think it's getting talked about enough.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And one of those guys that that you, know, you didn't mention by name, but is in that group you were talking about, that they got at the trade deadline, is Jared Vanderbilt. And there was a lot of talk about, you know, everybody knows his defensive ability, but because of some of the shortcomings that we did see on the offensive end, there were there was there were some Laker fans out there on social media. I'm sure you saw, I definitely saw it, that were like, should we extend him? Do we, you know, is, is he going to demand too much? Whatever. I think the Lakers end up getting a a pretty good number on him with a four year deal. Um, what are your thoughts on? their decision, to, they're hedging their bets a little bit and going all in with this core. So what are your thoughts about that Vanderbilt extension?
1: I like it. I mean, you saw Vanderbilt in certain games, definitely the one against the Dallas Mavericks when he or kind of basically orchestrated that huge comeback. Um, he's important. You saw it in the Memphis series, the Golden State series. He was still big. He got a little bit played off the court later on. And then in Denver, he basically, I think game four, he might've been a, a DNP. There, You know, he you've got to be careful with the way you use him. I think he's going to be in low 20s, high 10s. That's going to be his minute range. But I think they got him for four years, 48 to 12 million a year, which is a pretty good contract for somebody with his talent. Like, it's not cheap to get a player like Jared Vanderbilt who can defend the multiple positions, can do the things that he does on the defensive end. I think there's going to be shortcomings on offense, but it's not a big deal because you have players around him that will kind of make that up. You know, if you pair him in a lineup with more offensive heavy players, it's not going to be a big deal, but I think what they did was the right thing. You know, you're betting on his upside. He's still 24. (laughs) Like he can still improve on that side of the ball in terms of offense, but it's his defense. I think that's definitely earned him the contract. And I think Pat Bev also was telling him to, to get more money and then he shouldn't accept the extension, but uh, I think it was a good deal for the Lakers. I think it's a bargain to to get him at that number.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with you, man. And we're just going to have to wait and see with this team because the other thing is is the LeBron James, Bronny James factor of, of not knowing now. Thank God he's all right, of course, and and hopefully um he'll be back on the court soon because we all know, you know how much he loves to play. Uh Bronny that is like so we we don't know how that has impacted this whole LeBron James timeline, not only with LeBron's career, but with the Lakers. Right. So to me, it's like this season, you're going for broke. Like this team is good enough on paper to win a chip, pay everybody, get everybody extended, make sure everybody is happy so that you can focus on winning because if this team is able to stay, you know, marginally healthy and throughout the regular season, and essentially have LeBron and AD healthy when the playoffs start and keep those guys healthy, I I don't see why this team can't win the whole thing. And it really just comes down to matchups, right? That's what happens every year in the playoffs. That 2020 year, you know, playing Portland, that was a really good draw in the first round. Playing the Russell Westbrook, James Harden Rockets, who had no size, that was a really good draw in the second round playing the Denver Nuggets in the fi- in the conference finals where Murray and Jokic were not yet at the level that they were last season. That was a really good draw. And then in the finals, of course, you're playing against the Miami Heat team that, you know, it was the first time that Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo had been there. So you had that, a lot of championship experience with Rondo and Danny Green and LeBron in the finals, right? So I say that to say that, you know, on paper, when you're looking at it right now and you're saying, can this team beat Denver? I don't know right? We don't know how Denver's going to look without Bruce Brown. That's like a really big uh, subtraction, right? And they didn't really replace him. Jeff Green, another guy who was big for them, who's not on the team anymore. So little, little things like that, you know, we'll see, but I think it really comes down to matchups more than anything. We don't know how Phoenix is going to look. I'm not particularly worried about them to tell you the truth. We'll see what they do with DeAndre Aiden, if they're able to flip him and give that team some more depth. Cause I just don't think they have the depth right now to compete with a team like the Lakers and the playoff comes. I mean, all of their stars have injury problems. I just, you got to go with, with history, with what you've seen. And I, I'm not willing to confidently say, you know, with them and then the Clippers, like, you know, we don't even got to talk about San Diego Clippers on this show. Like, you know, like they, you know, who, who knows how many games their guys will or won't play in the regular season. So, um, I think the Lakers are in a good position. It really, I think comes down to with the actual basketball on the court matchups And, you know, who you can avoid literally just by like the other team that you don't want to play, like losing, you know, Um, can the Lakers beat Denver right now? I would say there's a chance, but like Jokic and Murray, if Jokic and Murray play at that level again, they're winning the whole thing again. Because Anthony Davis was literally draped over Jokic in those games. And Jokic was hitting those like he was those shots, bro. They made Dirk shots look like child's play. (laughs) It like those crazy. like one legged, like behind the head, like top of the key. 80s hand is literally in the dude's face. There's no way he could see the rim. And he's just like bat, like every time. Like, and then Jamal Murray. I mean, come on, man. Like, we know how good he is. I don't think anybody saw that coming in the like, he just he torched yeah. everybody. And then Aaron Gordon and Porter, G- like they're really, really good. Right. So I think it really just comes down to matchups and health. And and we'll see. But the Lakers definitely in a in a good spot yeah Um, regardless
1: it's it's late september it's very hard to predict how these teams will will flesh out you never know in two months maybe the lakers are in in a bad spot or or denver is not looking like the same you know if they have a championship hangover so um i think that's just more incentive to kind of lean in on on the lakers and what they can do and and um the potential of this roster
0: for sure speaking of the potential of this roster and arguably if not the best player maybe the second best player depending on the night <laughs> um genie yeah. bus told the athletic the other day as a quote that made the rounds about ad she essentially said that she thought that arguably when he was on the court he was healthy he was the best player in the nba last uh last season um do you think there were there was that one stretch there was a couple week stretch where he was putting up like 40 and like you know, nearing 1520 rebounds, blocking everything, like just insane. And he didn't sustain that the whole season. But then in the playoffs, he was a defensive player of the of the year in the playoffs. You know, what I mean he was the best, he was the best defender, um, better than Jaron Jackson, better than Bam, but like he was unreal in the playoffs. So my question for you about Anthony Davis going off of what Genie Buss said is do you think he hasn't in him to play like that this season. And I'm really talking about the playoffs, like dominant defensively. Do you think that he has an in him to to do that for big stretches um, this season? Like, do you think it's a possibility? Are you worried about his durability? How do you feel about him heading into this season?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think he can. The, the, the question is, obviously, if he's going to stay healthy, that's another thing. Um, and if he's willing to play at that level uh, in the regular season, like he... Those two weeks, the Memphis series, the Warrior series, he was hands down the best defensive player in the playoffs. You definitely saw it uh, against Golden State because they just completely switched their pick and roll coverage ideas. Instead of the first game where AD was just kind of in the help, they started putting him through more actions to keep him away from from the paint, keep him away from the rim. Um, you you can see it. I mean, we've seen it. He's he can be the best defensive player in the league. It's the question is does. Is he able to? Is he able to stay healthy? Um, and like you said, can he do it over in you know, a long period of time? I think he can, but I don't know if it. I don't think it'll happen uh, just because of the way that he usually usually goes through the regular season and miss a couple games. He won't be as active on defense when it's the playoffs. He really turns on another switch. I think it's it's no question that he's one of the the best defensive players in the league. It's it's, it's fairly obvious. Um, it's just can he do it at a consistent level? I don't think he. I don't think he'll do it. You know, I. I think he can because we've seen it, but I don't think he'll be able to do it in the regular season. Um. So it kind of makes it a tricky thing to pay attention to. But, I mean, especially now, he's probably not going to be at the five as much in the regular season, which I think is his best position. You know, in terms of making an impact on defense. So, um, it's it's a tough thing to to look at.
0: For sure, I definitely think that just from some of the rumblings we've heard, we'll see what happens in training camp. I think we very well could be looking at a scenario where the opening night lineup is something like D'Lo, Austin Reeves, LeBron, 80 at the four, and Christian Wood at the five, and that they just roll that into the regular season. And that doesn't mean that that's a lineup that's finishing games, but I think there's like a really strong possibility that they'll start Christian Wood at the five and bring Vando and Hachimura off the bench just to like really bolster that second unit along with Vincent and uh Torian Prince and Jackson Hayes Um for what you said to conserve him a little bit. So I would have to agree with you there that it's not like, can he? It's like, it's not in the best interest necessarily of him or the Lakers for him to play that way. And we've seen sometimes where he does play that way and stretches and then he gets hurt and you don't want that, right. you know? come the uh come the the postseason and yeah it's as
1: difficult to predict it's it's as simple as that really
0: yeah yeah absolutely man well that's all i got for you today anthony thank you so much for joining the show tell the people where they can find you on social
1: yeah no appreciate it yeah you could find me on twitter uh at grebe sports so g-h-a-r-i-b and then sports just how you spell it um, on Twitter. Best way to reach me is through there. So um, yeah, hit me up there. Appreciate you having me on.
0: Absolutely, Anthony. And thank you for watching and listening to the Blake show Lakers betting podcast. Um, We will be back with another episode in the next couple of days as we are getting closer and closer, Anthony to the start of preseason and then uh, opening night here, just over a month away. It's, it's coming up quick. So lots of content coming for you this season Stay tuned to the channel and also wherever you listen to your podcasts and I will see you next time.